Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Michael Butner and Gary Birkinshaw on SEN Track. Yeah, morning everyone. This is Saturdays on the Coast. I'm Julian King. I'm in the chair for Buttes today. We're here thanks to our great friends at Chemist Outlet. We love Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Now, Gaz, as I welcome you in this morning, you're always, every time we work together, you're on some kind of a secret location. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, Jules. How are you this fine Saturday morning? Well, it's a bit drizzly. Uh, so it's not fair because I, I can see in my screen, and I want you to elaborate on it, where you are, because I'm sort of shoved in the phone booth, booth here in our Sydney studios as they're all getting renovated. So where do we find you today? I'm at the picturesque Wyong Golf Club today, and the uh, course is looking in magnificent conditions. Like you, though, Jules, a bit overcast. The wind is blowing. It's going to be a bit difficult for golfing conditions today. But full credit to the club because windy outside, but they've actually put us inside the club. So I've got a nice glass window in front of me here, watching a few players on the putting green, a couple teeing off. So, gee, the course is looking in fantastic conditions. So thanks to Wyong Golf Club, and great to be here. What's the step metre today? The green's uh, going to play be- fast or slow? No, a little bit slower today. Gee, when you get here in September, they're actually like lightning, but a little bit slower today. Really busy time on the golf course over the January holidays. So um, be quick enough, but, but not lightning, no. You're going to love... I know you love your location. And knowing what I know about Wyong in that area, you're probably just across the road or a stone's throw from the North Wyong KFC. So I reckon you've got lunch sorted, Gary. Very much so, mate. They've got a little <laughs> subway there alongside as well. But you mentioned there about the chemist outlet. There's actually a chemist outlet at North Wyong, just straight across the road from the club as well. Yeah. So for lunch, for medication, I'm sorted for the day now. Yep. Chemist outlet. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit chemist outlet. Outlet prices every day. We'd love for you to join in on the program. 0477 736 736 is the text line number. 0477 736 736. And if you're driving about, tell us what you're up to this Saturday morning. Free call, open line, 1300 42 1533. 1,342-1533. Now, we're going to catch up with Peter Toss on the show today. He's got an interesting backstory there, Gaz, and lightning Luke King to talk all things supercars. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the sports results overnight, uh, can you tell us, um, and I don't know if you're showing your age or the fact that you want to hang on to your youth, tell us what you did last night, please, Gary. I had a fantastic night. I took my wife and daughter out to a magnificent concert. I went and saw Pink. Oh, um, yes. Yes, and uh, I'll tell you, Jules, that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Now, we're we're a sports show here, and she is such an athlete. So I don't know, she must have been a gymnast or something like that in a former career, but she was brilliant last night, and Allianz Stadium was uh, was certainly rocking. I'm just looking at my screens in front of me, and they just showed, literally just showed a clip of pink with sort of a a, the pink-dyed mohawk hair. Uh, Did it rain, did it, uh, last night? It rained all night. Oh, my goodness. She's up. She's like a trapeze artist, Gary. She's she was. Across the entire stadium in rotation. I'm getting sick just looking at that. 
Well, she's ended up on the roof. That reminded me, can you remember, it might have been the grand final, first or second grand final at said venue, Allianz slash Sydney Football Stadium. It could have been 88, Canterbury and, and Balmain, and they had the, the parachutist, and they meant to land, and he missed, and he ended up on the roof. What year was that? I remember it though. That was very vivid. That was. Um, is it is it harder to land on the roof or, in, or on the field? Well, the field's a bigger surface area, isn't mm. it? And I thought these guys are yeah. pros. They could land it on the X. Um, you know, so you've got to mark. Well, they land on the way. roof, so that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, then somebody's got to come rescue them. The thing about it is, I mean, because as soon as they hit the deck, they've got to unlatch the, the parachute because if you get a gust of wind it's going to drag you along if you're on the route that's the last thing you want but then again if you unlatch it it might end up on, on Moore Park Road which can create all sorts of, of traffic chaos so ping and it, am I right in saying I read the news today that they had to stop the concert because somebody went into labour yes there's a lady went into well, labour in the mosh pit so, uh, so that's, yeah, how, that's how so a woman that's how good probably it... 38 weeks in the mosh pit what can possibly go wrong Mate, it's exactly right. Come on, I love. Let's go for a night out. Uh, maybe that's one way to try and bring uh, bring the berth on. Take go to the mosh pit of a pink concert. But uh, yeah, no concert stop while uh, the the medics come and, and help the lady. So I don't think she gave birth in the in the stadium. But uh, well, that's a relief. No. Yeah, okay. but no, but the it was, water um, broke. Maybe okay. Yeah. Does she feel now this woman compelled to? I don't know if she had a boy or a girl, but congratulations uh, to name their or give their kid the middle name of Pink. Oh, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. What's Pink's real name? It is. You know, I should know this because I did music trivia for the good part of 10 years. It's um, Alicia something, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's what, that, that's, well, that explains that then because when the, as the lady was being treated and going out, they said, well, I assume that you were calling Alicia or Alex. So that, that explains ah, that. Ah, okay. So I was right. Mm. Alicia yeah, well Beth done. Moore. There you go. Pink's real Excellent. name is Alicia Beth Moore, born and raised in Doylestown, Penn, her birthday, September 8th, 1979. She's not much. She's jockey height, mm. five foot three. Mm. Yeah. So I don't she's... know where you were seated. You might have had to have the glasses out to, to get a close look. <laughs> I was down the yeah. other end of the stadium, mate. Yeah. I was a full <laughs> football field away. Oh. Don't worry. Oh, you yeah, the cheap seats, eh? Yeah. Bet, your wife and, bet your wife and daughter were thrilled oh, about yeah. that. No, I, I lashed out. <laughs> yeah, it is. The text line number 0477 736 736. Did you catch much of the cricket last night? It's the longest season now, cricket, isn't it? The T20. Oh. I've got to say, though, I mean, I, I kind of tuned in. It's Australian 1 by 11 runs a T20 match in Hobart, but it's not a bad night out if you get 40 overs of cricket and over 400 runs. Oh, I reckon, I don't think there's a better T20 venue in Australia than, than Bill Revable in Hobart. Have you been there? Or, uh, yes, I have. Yep. Yeah, um, there's always a good ground, good wicket there, and always plenty of runs scored at Hobart, whether the BBL or, or the internationals. But just on the on the drawn out summer, so we've got the women when they play, they play for a trophy that includes points, includes the Test, the ODIs, and the T20s. Should yep. we be looking to do that at, at men's level? So the West Indies they play two Tests, then they play three ODIs, which become meaningless uh, unless we're heading into a World Cup. And then we've got, what, three T20. So if we include all those for the Frank Worrell Trophy, does that give it more meaning meaning over no, the, the course? No, no, Frank no. Frank Worrell Trophy's exclusively for Test Match Cricket, right? And further to that, I mean, because they've got the Future Tours program and the World Test Championship, you mm. need to segregate Test Cricket from, yep. from the white ball stuff. Uh, but Jason Holder is a massive unit of a man. Mm. He, is the, he is the biggest bloke I've ever seen. David Warner, back in the national side, Gaz... Yep. 100th, first Australian to play 100 tests, 100 ODIs, 
and 100 T20 internationals. But here's this. Here's a fun fact for you. In his 100th test, David Warner, player of the match. In his 100th ODI, David Warner, player of the match. And last night, in his 100th T20 international, player of the match. Wow. How about that? Yeah, he was hey, good, what? actually. 70 off 36. Yeah, very good. But what we also love is Tim David, one of the class finishers. I don't think the Hurricanes used him right this season. 37 off 17. Matty Wade chipped in 21 off 14. So that, that Hurricanes connection. But, you know, that was a, probably a difference in the end, that lower order hitting. Because West Indies, like, to get to 202, that, that's a pretty handy chase. They were very good. They hit the ball so hard. I think now, yeah, you look at everyone wants to open the batting in T20. But I think arguably now one of the most important positions in or player in T20 cricket is someone who can score... 20 off 8, 25 yep. off 10, 10 balls at, at the end of an innings. I think it just turns the game. Tim David last night, 37 off 17. And Matthew Wade also come in getting a 24. And at one stage, you're looking at getting 180, and you end up with, with 213, which you know, which ended up proving too much. But, gee, the West Indies, they went hard early and went very good early. You had Charles yeah. and, and they, Johnson, they, and Charles, King. Yeah, you could hit him, yeah. can't he? Yeah, Brandon oh, King. Brandon King. They, they hit the ball so clean, but, you know, Great ground to watch cricket at. And, um, you know, West Indies were all, were all right. There's no doubt about that. But Australia, um, yeah, they're that, that fine-tuning up very nicely for the T20 World Cup in, in America and the West Indies in the middle of the year. And we'll talk a bit more cricket as well, including that test team name for New Zealand. We'll do that after the break. But uh, Brandon King, Johnson, Charles. So Brandon King, 53 off 37. Johnson, Charles, 42 off 25. And then they collapsed a bit. But, so you talked about these middle to late order hitters. Andre Russell was one of the greatest of all time. He's getting on now. I've got to give a wrap here to, to Adam Zampa. So when a team hits 202, to have figures of three for 26 or four overs is remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, yeah you throw Marcus Stoyne and says, well, they did a fantastic job yeah, through the middle, of the, middle yeah. of the order. They, but everyone else is going for over you know, 10 runs and over, and they're both going at sixes and picked up five wickets between them as well. So they were the, they were the ones who, who really made the difference. And uh, Sean Abbott takes, took four catches all them on the boundary. So, yeah, yeah they... Um, very, very good cricket. Had a good uh, one-day game in, in Sydney as well. But, uh, no, they, they, they went hard. They gave it a good chase, the West Indies. But Australia, just a little bit too good. And as you mentioned, Adam Zampa, he's, he's one of our premier white ball bowlers, especially more so even in the T20 than the, the, the one-day format. But uh, he'll be very pivotal come World Cup time. He's a proud vegan too, Adam Zampa. How times have changed, hey? Steak chomping beer swilling. I'm a vegan. Can we make cricket balls that aren't made out of leather? Anyway, that's a conversation (laughs) for another day. Of course, we're talking about this extended cricket season. Round zero, Gaz. Vegas, everyone's been given the green light. Isn't it funny? America's a strange old country, right, where gun violence is the major cause of youth death. You can just go to any gun show 16. You can't buy a lottery ticket. You can buy an AK-47, no drama. But yet, if you got a little dust-up, if you and I had a little dust-up and the cops were involved 10 years ago, we got to go to the consulate to get exemption, to be granted a visa to enter the country to play football. But uh, Reese Walsh and, and Brandon Smith and, and a handful of others have all got the green light now. We're ready to go. Are you excited by the Vegas venture? I am, actually. I think I, I like, like things that are new. Jill, uh, I don't mind change. Um, and, and, you know, what Peter Blanche, you when, when you get into this type of thing, we talk about gambling and bringing money in, into the, the code. You, you can't, I don't think anyone's done it better than what he has. Um, and if he, he can win the American market over, he tries to get, if he can get one game live in, onto Fox 1 over there and he reckons it's worth $200 million, I, I can't see how yeah. they lose out of it, to be honest. Yeah, rivers of gold. And think about it, this is it, this is right in Volandi's wheelhouse. Yeah. 
Right, the guy's not an idiot and said, OK, if we, break, we think we can break even, they get if they get 30-odd thousand at Allegiant capacity 65, he said that's a pass mark. But for him, it's not actually about the crowds. And they're hoping that they'll get a big walk-up too. They say Vegas is a walk-up city. But I was always a, a bit of a cynic when it came to these sorts of things. But I see what they're trying to do. And the club's got to be all for it, right? Because there's no better time to be a rugby league club. It's pretty much impossible to go broke because the grant that they give you will cover your salary cap easily. And that's going to grow and grow and grow. If you manage your, your finances half well, it's a really sustainable code. And so I, I like what he's doing in that respect to try and you know, cast the net further and wide because there are going to be tighter gambling restrictions. So you've got to think outside the box to, to future-proof your code. So I take my, tip my hat to Peter Volandis on that front. But um, oh, just quickly, Ben Trevojevic inked a three-year NRL extension with the Seagulls. So it's the band of brothers together. Now, James Magnuson, our colleague here at SEN, we, we'll have to talk about this a bit more in detail, maybe after the break. The enhanced games, didn't this take off yesterday where he's agreed to, well, 1.5 million Australian, about a million bucks American, if he can break a 50-metre world record on any enhancement that he wants. Hey, do you like this? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Do you see what he's doing? How do you feel about it? I was talking to Sam earlier on, and one of the, one of the sporting memories that I remember real thing that really just amazes me was sport, and I go back to the 1996 Seoul Olympics, I once again show my age, and Ben Johnson breaking the world record, 9.79. Oh, yeah. No, bef- um, 88, 88, Seoul, yeah. 88, sorry, 88, Seoul, yeah. sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, not 96, 88, yep. And just the the vision of that, the power of the man powering away in the to, to, to win that 100 metres was just a, a, a memory I'll, I'll never forget. Um, so whether so then you look back and say, well, gee, will there be more memories like that at the enhanced games? Um, so someone was always going to come up with the idea, I reckon, Julian. Yeah, you know, everyone's always wondered what it'd be like. Whether I'm he, in favour of it, I'm. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm in favour. Be honest, but um, but yeah. You know, you know, money or talk, people go out there and, yeah, um, and yeah. give it a crack. But okay, I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure what sort of legacy you get out of it. We don't know what the the long term effects are. And for me, it's you know the influence that it has on some aspiring young athlete to to put something in their body that they're not sure what the, I guess the consequences might be. Um, just on on 88 very quickly. You know, Ben Johnson hasn't denied that he was on Nandrolone. Mm. He said, "I was here. I admit it." Put hand up. Nine seven nine in 88 was a phenomenal time. But his contention was everyone else in that race was on it. And guess what? I think everyone, with the exception of Carl Lewis, was caught. And there's this sort of black cloud hanging over Carl Lewis's career, but, you know, it's easy to point fingers, but he will say, okay, where's the proof? There's never proof with Flojo, but she died, right? And you look at these times and people are sort of starting to to join the dots in that respect. But if you have a 100-metre final like you had in 88, Ben Johnson, 979, the run sub-10s, is that a better spectacle than watching Usain Bolt run a 9.59 or a 9.6 or whatever it is and streak the field. I don't think it is. Uh, and this is my point, right? A good competition is a good competition. It's a matter of exactly, seconds there. Yeah. But, uh, and then if everyone's on it, well, then you're kind of starting all over again. And what? <laughs> so 5% quicker, big deal. But 5% yeah. quicker with the aid of, of some kind of juice. It's like, well, chuck them on a, on a motorbike for all I care. So yeah. it kind of negates this advantage. 
Did you, did you listen to what Matty Johns had to say? Sam might actually have, have the clip there, Jules, of what Matty mm. Johns had to say about this. Yeah, let's have a listen. If they had the jacked-up Olympics, the normal Olympics, it would just it would die a slow death. Mm. Because, I mean, why would you... It's like going, right, I'm going to the Formula 1s, and then go, well, sorry, you're going to the Formula 1s, so I'm going to go to the local go, go-karting. <laughs> just please. But like, you, are, you're going to watch fan? someone run 10.05, mm. or you're going to watch someone run 7 seconds. <laughs> What's more exciting? <laughs> you reckon? That's what I want to see. I, I and then want... die. And then die as they go across the finishing line. <laughs> well, I see his point. A bit of hyperbole there from Matty. But that's, yeah. you know, it's not true. It's, you know, would you have an enhanced games in concert with an Olympic Games? I don't think you would. No. But secondly, it's like saying, oh, well, you can go to Formula One. Well, guess what? NASCAR still got a lot of followers too, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever get to Olympics level, Jules. Nope. I don't think you'll ever get to that. I, yep. I really don't. I think it's, um, you know... It, it, yeah, they get a couple of athletes like he's doing here. He's got what is there, eight athletes you mentioned, I think, earlier on. Just yeah, you know, and it's all about breaking world records. It's not about competition and medals. It's about breaking world records. So, oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number today. You may have a thought on that. The open line number thirteen hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. We're up and running this Saturday morning. Saturdays on the coast with Jules and Gary. Thanks to our great friends at Chemist. Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Just a stone's throw from where Gary is at the moment at the beautiful Wyong Golf Course. I'm breaking back with more. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Hey, welcome back. Saturdays on the coast. Jules and Gary in today. So Michael Butte is on some secret Butte's business with his touch footy and the rest. We had a good chat with Butte yesterday about the mighty North Sydney Bears. I love the Bears. I know they've been on the news, Gary, and, you know, it's my, I've got a soft spot for North Sydney. It's just close to the studios that I'm in at the moment here in Sydney. And that was my first four-round of rugby league. My grandfather and my uncle were mad Bears fans, and I moved to Sydney, and they used to drag me every weekend. So my grandfather would go the full game. It was just my uncle. He's, he's a bit of a cheapskate. He'd wait to half time. They'd throw the gates open. But he figured, well, this is... Uh, imagine during the 80s when they were the easy beats, the North Sydney Bears, the great Mark Graham was the captain. And then through the 90s, and Buttes arrived, I think, in, what, 96. And they, they were a real powerhouse. And it's just... It's, it's really sad off the back of the, the Super League split that, you know, that was just... It was never going never gonna to work. A merger with their arch-rival Manly... Licence tip back in their favour, and all of a sudden now you've got a foundation club that's gone belly up and trying to get their colours and their logo back in the competition in some way, shape, or form. Will they come back, Jules? Will they, do you think they'll? That... Uh, I think they will. Look, Philandis came out this week and he said, be mad not to have them represented. They've got 200,000 members and they've got history on their side. So that's a pretty decent springboard. Right? So if you're going to build a new club, and, and I think, for example, so say. You bring in two new teams. One might be PNG, which has got government backing, and one might be in Perth. So if you bring one in Perth, I don't think the Perth faithful would have an issue if it was the Perth Bears. They're just happy to have representation. And then what Daniel Dixon, their chairman, said, you know, you can get two games a year at North Sydney Oval just to stay in touch with the heritage. But, yes, obviously, we know we're not going to return to the competition as North Sydney because you're not going to jam another Sydney team in there. But that, that's the compromise. I think people would be okay with that. Yeah, I'd love to see them back. I... I... I'm like you, Jill. I reckon Perth's probably the best, the best fit for them because I think Perth's going to need, you know, some grassroots followers as well. And they've got 200,000 members, as you mentioned, so that'll give them great support over when they play over in the eastern states. 
Um, and I think Perth are, are given to come into the competition, just given the, the time zone uh, over there, the number of expats over there. Yep. So, yeah. And they were quite successful in the Super League era as well, the Reds over there. They just didn't have the, the length of time to, to, to really make it uh, count. They were casually when the... The merge when they resume normality, so I can see them getting a license. I can see the Bears being part of that. Oh four double seven seven three six seven three six is the text line number. Got to talk Super Bowl with Peter Toss uh, shortly in the program. Overnight results in the A League: Adelaide and Perth Glory fought out a three all draw, and in the NBL, oh heartbreak for the Hawks. They went down to the Breakers eighty eight to eighty five, and Sammy. Fantasia, but slash Fantasia, who's on the buttons today on the tools. He's a beloved 36 fan. They got absolutely smashed by the Brisbane Bullets, 102 to 84. Hey, uh, the Aussie Test team in New Zealand, Gary's been announced. The great man, the great Michael Nisa, is back in the squad, even though he's averaging 50 in shield cricket this year. Renners can't get it off the square, maintains his spot as a reserve batsman. Look, I'm okay with this. Lance Morris injured at the moment. It just, you know, you're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. The batting. Hasn't been great in the last summer or so, but I think they look at the sort of pitches they're going to get in New Zealand and they think Nice is the man. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, not sure he's going to play. Ga- I don't think he'll no, get he a game, won't. but, but, um, but oh, no, I think the test, I don't think there was any surprises there whatsoever. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, they stick with the tried and trusted and they've been very good this test side over a long period of time. Just had a bit of a hiccup the last game against the West Indies, but they'll be a good challenge over there in New Zealand. Always are the... I think they're as honest as any cricket side running around New Zealand at the moment. They're just having a bit of a warm-up series against South Africa, oh, third and eleven, and that's, um, that's a joke. That's just padding some stats over there at the at the moment. Yeah, you end up in what they, they end up with three hundred and fifty runs in front of the first innings, and then you side will have another bat. That was astonishing, right? I thought it's exactly right. They go, we're going to fill our boots here. That is such a that is a real Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, no mercy move. Right, so this, yeah. you're right. It's the third strings African team. All their best players, even though they're centrally contracted, have been told they've got to stay at home and play in the, the South African T20 competition, which has been pretty successful, I might add. But they're getting smashed. So Kane Williamson gets a hundred in each dig. Outside for those with twenty or more Test centuries, Williamson has the best hundred per innings ratio after Bradman. Yeah. So yeah, he gets a hundred every play. what I can't remember exactly about five and a half innings thereabouts. Bradman's was like hundred every two points something. It's freakish yeah. off the charts, but. You know, he won't get too easy at test tons in that, Kane. No. The, the interesting one, I, I watched the end of this, this series just on, on the screen here at work here, and uh, you watched the final innings. This summed up the whole test, in, test for me. You had David Bettingham from South Africa batting um, in, the, in the second innings. The game was going nowhere. Yeah. And so what it was was that New Zealand bowls were, were bouncing him all the time, bowling short to him, and he was just trying to hit it as far as he could. There was no, no other mm. signs in it. He might have been backed away and hit it over cover, he might have tried it straighter, go on the leg side and over a square leg. New Zealand had four blokes on the fence and they just kept bowling short and he just kept trying to hit him out of the ground until yeah. he eventually holed out for 87. No science in it, just the, you know, Southie bowl a short ball, get hit for six, he's laughing about it. Mm. No, that's, it was... It's not cricket, is it? No, no way. But um, that, that's where we're at at the moment and, um, you know, we understand why South Africa, well, they're all the players that are playing the T20, they sold it to, I think sold one of the IPL um, not franchise, but somewhere through the IPL, they sold it. And one of the conditions they sold their T20 franchise was that all their marquee players would play in it. And South Africa need the money to run their cricket program. So I understand it. I think the programs moving forward need to be sorted out. Whether we need to have, I think it was mentioned last week, do we have a test a window? If we have windows for IPL, do we have window for test cricket? Where if that's six months of the year, five months mm-hmm. of the year, we just play test cricket? 
and then the other seven months it's franchise cricket. Yeah. And just so the best players play. Ideally, yes. The thing about it is you can't, it's hard to mandate if you've got a private league coming up, right, mm-hmm. and, and somebody wants to you know, line their pockets before retirement, play a T10 or something like that, for example. Yeah. It, but, you know, it's a golden rule. The one that has the gold makes the rules. The BCCI yeah. has all the gold. Then the ICC yeah. are at the behest of them. Uh, but this is a bit of blow to the Proteus brand and the future of Test cricket in that country because, as it stands, the Proteus still pulls in about 80% of the revenue. That will change if you've got to continually send third-string teams overseas. But... Look, let's hope that it's a one-off. They've said that it's just going to be a one-off and uh, things will redress them, and hopefully they do. Just quickly before the news headlines, that test squad for New Zealand, Pat Cummins, a captain, Scott Boland, Alex Carey, Cam Green, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Hedelsman, Kawaja, Manus Labuskakni, uh, Nathan Lyon, Mitch Marsh, the, the Alan Border medalist, Michael Nisa, Matthew Renshaw, Steve Smith and Mitchell Stark. And the women of South Africa, congratulations, South Africa, too, because they beat the Aussies at Fortress North Sydney Oval uh, in what they haven't won in the last 17 attempts. It reminded me too, Gaz, with that great line by the tennis player Vitas Gerolitis when he finally beat Jimmy Connors. And he said, Nobody beats Vitas Gerolitis 17 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It's, it's quite funny. You, you feel a little bit for the Australian women's side because they've achieved so much over over yeah. an extended period of time. Is that they sometimes they seem to get more recognition or more publicity when they get beat. Because yep. it doesn't happen very often. But yeah. well, I think that's a fantastic win for South Africa. And I think the India series that they women, the Australian women played over in India, I think the women's game's getting closer. I think uh, Australia's probably slightly coming back to the field. But I think yep. the, the other side, other countries are getting better. And I think the WBBL has a lot to do with that as well. They're giving overseas players the exposure to play good cricket against each other and against the Australians as well. And I reckon it's fantastic that the competition is really high. And they've got the, the third new side of the day-night game at North Sydney Oval this afternoon. So, um, And then they follow. I think they've got a test match to follow. So, so really exciting. The, the women's game are very, very competitive. Yeah, so they've set the bar really high, the Australian team, and the rest of the world's catching up. And think about the WBBL, why it's the best domestic comp on the planet is because the Indian players are allowed to play. In, in the men's, on the men's side of things, Indian players don't play any domestic competitions outside of the IPL. They're, they're not allowed to. Right, so you can see Harmit Preet Kaur and players of that ilk, Shafali Verma, playing the WBBL. And so when you're playing at that exceedingly high standard, Marazan Cap has been around for years and she starred for South Africa the other day. You know, it's, it's, it's good for the growth of women's cricket globally. 0457 736, sorry, 0477, I should say. 736, 736 is the text line number. You're tuning in to Saturdays on the Coast. Let's get the latest news headlines. The other side of this, very special guest joining you at the Wyong Golf Club. Saturdays on the Coast, Jules and Gary in the chair. You know what? I don't know about you, Gaz, but I probably brushed up my Roman numerals every time the Super Bowl comes around. Because he's a L, L is 50V. So now we've got L-V-I-I-I, which is, Gaz? 73. 73? No. <laughs> 58. <laughs> I'm going to give you homework. <laughs> 73. I'm glad you, okay, I'm glad so you the up on it. <laughs> All right. So, so L is 50, X is 10, V is ah. 5, and um, this, this is the hardest one, the I. That's one. Ah, right. right I got the I's. So, I knew I was yeah. one. Yeah. Just the rest, think, rest confused me. I think the eyes have it. It's going to be a belter, isn't it? Uh, they played not so long ago, too. It is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, led by the great Patrick Mahomes, against the 49ers, uh, arguably one of the best in the game, and Christian McCaffrey. You've got this rocket of a young gun quarterback in Brock Purdy. It's aiming to be a super showdown. We've got a very special guest on the line. 
Yes, joining us is Gridiron New South Wales Hall of Famer and coach of the local Central Coast Sharks is Peter Toss. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Tears. Mate, uh, Gridiron on the Central Coast. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it's uh, it's it's coming probably about um, eight years ago or so. So there was an interest for Gridiron. Uh, here and uh, it just happened to be at a time that I'd moved up to the coast from Sydney and um, I was able to get involved uh, helping out the local guys and there, there, was, there was some great athletes that come off the central coast as there are in all sports but also in gridiron so um, I was lucky enough to coach a junior team and then a senior team and um, it, it was great. Peter, what sort of growth have you seen in the sport and the uptake of the sport over the last even 10 years or so? Because I reckon there's a correlation here in the studios. There's a lot more feedback in and around the Super Bowl. We've seen subscription numbers go up, you know, downloads go up. And then off the back of, you know, Benny Graham's, you know, got Mitch Wisnowski in the final here and kickers and Jordan Malata and, you know, Jared Hayne back in the day had a tilt for the 49ers. So all of a sudden it's a sport that just seems a lot more accessible than it was, say, 30 years ago. It is. And one of the things that's also helping with that growth is now the introduction of flag football, which is like the touch footy version of of gridiron. And that's more accessible to a lot of people. It's a lot less expensive than, you know, uh, paying for a a full set of equipment, which can cost like $1,000 per player. Um, so that has also opened up the opportunities to a lot more people to get involved in the sport. And there's a right now there's a huge push for flag football with the Olympics coming up and so on. So Peter, so a lot of a lot of the players that you've got currently at the Sharks are they uh, local players? Are they from people who've, who've moved to Australia from America or just coming across from other coves, just mostly. interested in having a game? Mostly locals. No. Mostly locals. Yeah, there are people who are interested in. I mean, there's there's sort of two two groups. There's there's fans of American football, and there's people that want to play American football. So, um, and they're quite quite different worlds. What percentage are expats, Pete? Oh, one percent maybe. That it? Okay. Uh, very very yeah. low numbers. Yeah. So, yeah. in in my experience, we've had. Uh, you know, a couple of Americans come along and get involved. Like, for example, excuse me, my first head coach, Fred Burson, was a, was a legend in American football. Um, and he came out here and helped grow the game. He was one of the instigators in the, the growth of, of gridiron throughout Australia. Um, and he was an expat. Uh, and there was probably in... Because uh, originally I coached with uh, the Bondi Raiders, who are now the University of New South Wales Raiders. And of that roster, there would have been one or two Americans on the, on the team of 40 players. Peter, how did you get involved? Uh, well, I was a travelling musician back in the day, and um, the band uh, then moved on to uh, Alice Springs to do a residency, and I had to stay in Sydney because I had children going to school, and I just happened to see a poster on a real estate office window uh, down in Bondi Beach saying, try gridiron. So I did. Wow. And I never left. A funny old turn our lives take, don't they? I'll be curious to know too, especially yeah. at this time of year, I, I'd love to know, you know, what, what teams do these, these people support? Do they ever sort of rock up to training with their, with their gear on? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are fans of the sport, and then they'll they'll give it a go. And there are a small percentage of of players who believe they can make a career of it because we've had you know quite a few players go. You don't hear about the ones that go to college and get scholarships and so on. Mm. Yeah, there's quite a number of those young people that do that. And uh, that's a pathway, well, to an education for a start. But, you know, the dream is probably NFL, I'd imagine, down the track. But um, it's such an elite group. The the NFL players are such a, you know, I mean, you consider some of the receivers are world-class sprinters, you know. So it's not just, oh, I think I'll give it a go, you know, <laughs> and go over there and I'll be successful. I mean, the Aussies that make it in the NFL are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon he might spot a few Mahomes jerseys. What about this game on Monday? Uh, what a showdown. 49ers, arguably the best roster in the game. But, of course, KC, they've done it before and they've got a bloke called Mahomes. Yeah, well, they have to be favourites. I mean, just on their history alone and their head coach, you know, I mean, they they have a lot of experience in this area. And, and I, I guess the 49ers do too. Uh, in fact, they're only a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. So... But the the big thing is they've got this new quarterback. Well, not new, but he's a young fellow, you know, who's Rob gone Purdy. from sort of obscurity. Yeah. yeah. Gone from obscurity to um, national prominence um, in a very short time, really. But, you know, that, that game, there's so, so many things depend on who wins that game. You know, I mean, the, the smallest of things can make a difference. Yeah, I'm tipping a grind, I've got to say. Um, you know, Spagnolo's defence is just so good. I think they'll find a way to shut down Brock Purdy, shut down McCaffrey. I, I don't think there'll be much in it. I can predict maybe a four-point ball game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it'll be close. Well, it's always a close or it's a blowout, right? <laughs> yeah, Super Bowls. Super Bowls are like that, aren't they? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you'll find it's um, amazing. So the, the, the Chiefs were a bit... Um, you know, a bit patchy during the season, did enough to get in the playoffs, probably lost some games they should have. But once we've come to the playoffs, Mahomes to Troy Kelsey is just just the guys. Like when Brady was, we used to go to Gronk all the time. When the big games were on, when the big plays were on, Kelsey's broken the record for the most number of pass receives in, in the postseason. So when the big games are on, they're both big game players. And I think that's probably going to have an influence on this game. And obviously the, the, the running ability of Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, I think he's going to need to have a big game. and He's a big game player. He takes a lot of pressure off, off Purdy. And I think if he, if he can have a big game there, I think those are the two, two players I think that will determine the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think George Kittle also will have an input. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a big target. And, um, it, you know, the tight ends of becoming more and more a part of offences now uh, in the last year, couple of years. So, uh, I mean, they've always been there, but, I mean, they, they seem to find the value of open space and, and having being, being covered by normally a linebacker or, so, or someone that uh, has troubles keeping up with them, basically. And I think a lot of tight ends lately have been coming into the game and um, producing for, for various teams. And the other thing you've got to remember is that the Chiefs, they've got Tay-Tay on their side as well. Oh, yeah, we'll get a record for the most Taylor Swift cutaways, probably. <laughs> uh, Pete, we're out of time, sadly. Thank you so much for joining us on the program this morning. Enjoy the game on Monday. Thank you. Thanks very much.
pleasure. There he is, uh, Peter Toss. Uh, you're on Saturdays on the Coast. Breaking back with more. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, Jules and Gaz in for Buttes. Well, Gaz is in for Gaz. I'm in for Buttes today. And Saturdays on the Coast, thanks to our great mates, Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. That text line number 0477 736 736. Great to catch up with Peter Tostu. I love that name, The Sharks, Gary. It reminded me of that... Probably my favourite American football movie of all time, Any Given Sunday. But yep. Al Pacino's the coach, and he coached the Miami Sharks. The Sharks. Yeah. Great movie, great movie. But, uh, no, fantastic to have him board. And uh, if you get the Super Bowl feeling, you want to get into gridiron, they're training at the moment down at Warnervale Oval every Wednesday evening from 6 to 8. Their season doesn't start till September, but get into plenty of training. Uh-huh. So you'll have plenty of time to acclimatise into the game. So 6 to 8 on Wednesday, get down to Warnervale Oval and try your gridiron skills. Now, we're at the golf club, Jules. Now, this mm. is... Golf is for everybody. Okay, yep. there's no doubt about it. So we're watching a gentleman on the putting putting green here. So he's wearing up. We'll go from the bottom up. So he's got a nice pair of golf shoes on. He's got a pair of sky blue, probably you know, calf socks, sky blue with some clouds on it, with a with a black topper on the top. He's <laughs> yes. got he's got some multicolored shorts, a bit of orange, a bit of blue. Probably could be nearly clown shorts. He's got that, mm-hmm. and then he's got a long sleeve turquoise shirt with white cockatoos all over it okay. and tops it off with an Akubra hat. Does it come with a volume knob? Because it seems like a very loud piece of get-up he's got on there and uh, you need to Damn. just tone it down. So, oh, look, that's, that's kind of getting into Ian Poulter, John Daly areas. Mm. Uh, that, that is left field. That's a beautiful thing about golf. You know, you know, a lot of them are very conservative and I've got to think about white belts. Every second golfer wears a white belt now. And they're all, they're all fit. You know, They're not sort of Craig Stadler, Waldorf. Uh, Waldorf, uh, walrus, not Waldorf, walrus uh, type uh, stature anymore. You know, Adam, Scott and Tiger, they're all built like, you know what, and Bryson DeChambeau mm. and the rest of it. But they're all pretty conservative, right? You know, like a blue shirt and grey pair. And then you get the outliers like your Poulters and your Dailies and or Payne Stewart back in the day with the plus yeah. fours, right? So oh, this is the beautiful thing. You're absolutely right, Gary. It is a sport for everyone. How's he hitting them, by the way? Hasn't hit him yet. Yeah, putt, no, he putted quite well. Didn't sink oh, many. Okay. But he's practicing the long putt, so he probably needs to uh, work on his approach game, maybe, because he has to hit him a bit closer. <laughs> but uh, but I reckon that get up. I reckon it's worth about three holes. I reckon when you're playing your part, I reckon, I reckon you could probably get about uh, about three holes advantage on him by the time you settle down. But uh, three no. holes advantage. <laughs> Not just the colour. I mean, cockatoos, clouds, and clowns. There you go. Uh, they're a special breed at the Wine Golf Club. I can tell you that much. Patrick Mahomes, I reckon, if he wins, he's top five QB of all time. You'd go Bra- in no yeah. order. Brady, Montana, Peyton Manning, you know, maybe Unitas or Elway, and then I think Mahomes yeah. is there. He's the best pocket passer yeah. I've seen. He's a freak. Oh, he's unbelievable. But see, you've got to give credit to Brock Purdy, don't you? Like It's all been spoken about. You have final pick in the 2022 draft. Started yeah. last year as their third-string quarterback. And break the break the records issue for passing for the 49ers. Gets them to the Super Bowl, um, and you know, he'll be under the microscope more than Andy Goss. What what was he on? He was on four, seven million dollar contract, and Mahomes was on a four hundred and fifty million contract. Yeah, well, Purdy's on less than he's on less than a million a year, I think. Yeah, it might be the same yeah. for next season too, from memory. Yeah. But that uh, so, no, should be a cracking game. They, they probably they've been probably arguably one of the best sides. Or you're probably behind the Ravens, I reckon. The 49ers have, and that uh, was my tip, by the way. They might yeah. tip the Ravens. My brother got yeah. them about 30 bucks at the start of the season. They saved their worst for last. They could have won that game, Baltimore. Yeah. 
Looks like Lamar yeah. Jackson's probably going to pick up MVP. Yeah. Which is He's a pretty good player, mate. He's a good player. Gee, those couple of plays right at the death, though, wasn't oh, it? Oh, mate. And then if you look at Detroit and their, their um, playoff game against uh, the 49ers, you know, they had those yep. couple of kicks at a penalty at field goal. They didn't do it. Yep. So should be a crack. I'm really looking forward to it. You're on Saturdays on the... Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Great to have your company this Saturday morning. Jules and Gaz in the chair. 0477-736-736. Terry Galil writes, Gaz. Morning, Gaz and Jules. You know they call it golf because all the other four-letter words are taken. Go the 49ers. Thank you, Terry <laughs> That is true. It's like the old riddle, you know. What's a what's a, 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 a sport that starts with a T? People go, is it tennis? No, it's golf. Yeah, you've got another, got another couple of texts as well here, Jules. We've got one from the trip coordinator. Enhanced games event. Love to see the 100-metre sprint in there. Everyone wants to see how fast someone can actually run. And in the Super Bowl, he's got uh, 49s to win by eight. Mahomes is on another level at the moment. Yep. But, uh, but he still thinks of 49ers. And the other one we've got here, another one from the early opener, Enhanced Games. Would love to see what athletes would actually compete. James Magnuson has already agreed to juice up and compete in 50-metre freestyle. Super Bowl, Chiefs, Mahomes just too good. So keep the text coming. Great to have our listeners' interaction. I'm inclined to agree. So I don't mind if you take on the clock, right? So if you're in retirement, like James Magnus said, okay, I'll do it just to see what I can do. But yeah. that's a far cry. As an experiment, sure, in a controlled yep. environment, that's a far cry from the just allowing doping to be unfettered in a competition like Olympic Games. Two different conversations anyway. I've got a Great. few thoughts about that. And keep those thoughts coming in. The text line 0477 736 736. The open line number 1342 1533. We've got a break for news. Gaz, on the other side of this, we've got to chat all things supercars with Luke King. One hour to go. Saturdays on the coast. Stick around. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Michael Butner and Gary Birkinshaw on SEN Track. Uh, no Buttes today. Jules in the chair for Buttes. Gazza is here with us again live on site at the beautiful Wyong Golf Club. He's giving us a running commentary of all, uh, I guess, I don't know if they're members or just those that sort of had a breakaway from the trouble and strife on the Saturday morning. That's kind of their time, you know, sneaking a 9 or 18 before they have to get back to the chores. Welcome back to the program. Last night in the cricket, the T20 International Australia defeated the West Indies by 11 runs in Hobart. David Warner, player of the match in his 100th game in the NBL. Uh, the Breakers over the Hawks, 88-85. The Bullets over the 36ers, 102-84. to Today we've got the Phoenix and the Jack Jumpers, aren't they? Flying at the moment. And then the Perth Wildcats against the Cairns Taipans. The A-League last night, 3-3 between Adelaide United and Perth Glory. Today, Phoenix take on West United victory. And MacArthur, Brisbane, Melbourne City and the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, Gather Mariners and Sydney FC. I reckon they'd fancy the chances in that game, Gary. The Mariners. The Mariners. The Mariners are actually on fire at the moment. The talk of the town... What has it been now? 12 games undefeated in the league, 14 games overall, sitting in second position. Unbelievable. Uh, A big double-header today. The men are playing uh, Sydney FC tonight, 
and the women are, are playing the Melbourne Victory, so it's good. And Josh Nisbet, he's in fantastic form at the moment, the Player of the Month. But also, I think it's on Tuesday night. They play in the Asian Cup Champions Zonal Championship final against Fon Penn from Colombia, so that's a big, big game for for the Mariners. But after a slow start, they're really in good form at the moment. And it was nice to see. It was really nice to see, wasn't it? Because I mean, it's, you can't come off a higher level than winning the competition, which they did. I went to that great final too at, at Combank Stadium in, in Sydney. And then you got new coach and then, you know, the the cum dog and they lose a few sort of their star plays. The question was always going to be, well, how can they, they bounce back with uh, such a high turnover of personnel? And you're right, it was a slow burn at the start. But I mean, second on the ladder behind the Phoenix, I don't think... In the first sort of month of the season, people thought that they'd surge as much as they have at this point. No, I think he's done a fantastic job. And everyone queried, that's Mark Jackson, the coach I'm talking about, yeah. everyone queried his appointment when they'd lost their first four games. But a brand-new squad, a new coach, as well as coming off a the, the high of a grand final win. And then uh, and then he's got them up. And they, they lose one, their key striker, Marco Trulio. He's parted, departed mid-season. And the Mariners always seem to punch again their way. They're sort of a, a, a developed and then a selling culture. So they give people opportunities. They bring, they've bring. they got so much faith in their academy, bringing new players in, and uh, don't get too many high-profile players in, but they just keep keep doing their job. And interesting fact, in 2024, though, uh, Jules, they've only conceded two goals, and in that three clean sheets. Oh. So if you're not conceding goals, very, very hard to get beat. And uh, to put four past Adelaide last week, who are their real rivalry between the Mariners and, and Adelaide United, and to get that win away from home was fantastic. And good to see the double header today. I think it's their second double header they've had. The women in their in their inaugural season they're doing quite quite well as well. I think they're just sitting outside the top four. They play victory sitting four, so they've been sensational and really good. Jules at Kaya Simon is back on the park after her yeah. knee reconstruction. Uh, was in the Matilda squad for the World Cup, but. Obviously, injury prevented her from playing. So she's had a little cameo the last two games. I think she's expected to play a greater role today at home. So fantastic. She's one of the icons of the women's uh, sport. Been a great career with Matildas. And hopefully for the Mariners' women's sake is that she, she'll find the back of the net for them as well. But uh, they're expecting a good crowd today. The weather's probably not the greatest, but uh, you certainly want to be getting behind the Mariners because you're getting good value for money at the moment. You know how on the first hour we talked about the mighty North City Bears and Buttes as a soft spot having represented them with a plum in the mid to late 90s, right? And we made the point that I don't, unless you're a Manly fan, no one really hates the North City Bears. I reckon in the A-League, unless you're a say, Newcastle Jets fan, no one really hates the Mariners, do they? Because they're always, like you said, this underdog team. They don't have the budgets of other teams, which is why that win over Melbourne City, you know, might of the City group with all their petrochemical money and the rest of it, that was... You know, that was a real victory for development. Uh, that's what I loved about that, that grand final. You talked about two guys, the Central Coast Mariners, and, and no hope, no high-profile names. Well, they did have one who happened to be the greatest sprinter that the world's ever seen in, in Usain Bolt. And then he had a few unkind words to say. I think he overestimated his ability as a football player. I mean, Usain, look, great sprinter, but you've got trampoline touch, mate, so we'll leave it at that. Mm. And he had somehow lofty aspirations to represent Man United. So let me ask you this, talking about missile and the enhanced games. If, if you say Bolt was on the juice, does that make him a better soccer player? Uh, no. When, when you get on the juice, does that be able to, to, to trap it's a, a ball? It's a power thing, though. No? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it doesn't yeah, help your skill. Yeah, yeah doesn't exactly. Help skill. No. Well, actually, just on that, because you're at the golf club, I remember yeah. reading a few years back about performance-enhancing drugs in, in golf, and people say, well, okay, you know, does it turn you into Bryson? Can you bang it longer? 
Well, you have skinny blokes and short blokes that can hit long because that's good technique. So I'm not sure the advantages are there that, that some would suggest. But they reckon performance-enhancing drugs where they can impact a golfer when it comes to putting yips. And so those that sort of have the shakes or whatever, if you've got something that can calm you down for your putting stroke, well, that is considered doping in the game of golf. That's right. So I think the power game of golf's been uh, enhanced by technology more than anything, golf ball and golf yep. club technology. Yep. But where the performance enhancing comes in is around the nerves and around the putting and, and chipping and things like that. If you can control those nerves and the shaking and stuff like that, that's obviously going to enhance your game because a lot of your strokes, especially at the professional level, is all around... The, you're chipping and, and you're putting. So um, so that's where that would certainly come in handy, certainly come in handy for me as well. Um, <laughs> can, can I just say, well, I think that does my – see, I'm full for, all for pace of play. I can't stand slow golf, especially at the community level when you're knocking it around a goat track in the weekend, right? You are not Tiger Woods. You know, you are not uh, Scotty Scheffler. You are not John Rahm. You are not Rory McIlroy. So please, if you've got a four-foot putt, don't look at it from 30 angles. Crouch up and down 19 times to four putt it. Just step up, do the Aaron Baddeley, get one look, hit it and play on. Oh, I play golf, golf with a really good mate of mine. and yeah. he, he plays golf. He probably play off 36. So he loves it, not very good at it. But we'll get on the green and he, he's got the old, the triple track Callaway ball that's got the lines on. And yeah. he'd sit it down there and he'd go back and line up and, and then he just fractionally just, just moves. You'd probably oscillate the ball more than anything. He would do that three or four times. It just does my... I have to end up looking away. It just does my Shoot head me. in about it. And Shoot me now. I said, uh, mate, and then he goes in and puts it and puts it halfway. But I agree with you. Slow play, not on in golf, should be quick and, you know, even get the pros now playing five and a half, six hours to play 18 holes. It's yeah. just ridiculous. I agree. Oh four double seven seven three six seven three six is the text line number. Well, golf can be slow, supercars or anything but slow. As you know, we're going to take another break because we're going to catch up with the man Luke King after this. There is a stack going on in the world of supercars. And, of course, in the Formula One, that's huge news of Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Thanks to our great friends at Chemist Outlet. For discount medication, choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, great to have your company this Saturday morning. Jules and Gaz in on Saturdays on the Coast. The text line number 0477 736 736. Thanks to Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Well, the supercars grid is, is reeling from this bombshell news that the reigning champion Brody Kostecki is going to miss the opening round of the 2024 season. Probably the whole campaign is looking likely after this messy rift with Erebus Motorsport. It's not the way you want to start the season and probably not the way you want to treat a champion. Yet here we are. Luke King is our motoring expert. and He's on the line right now. G'day, Luke. G'day, gentlemen. Good to, good to meet you, Julian, and g'day, Gaz. How are you both? G'day, Luke. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. It's uh, an- another season, and uh, as, as we call it in motorsport, the, the silly season has... Um, has begun already in uh, in supercars and in F1. There's uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about. So uh, I'll let you guys lead the way if you want to ask. Well, <laughs> you know what? I mean, there's probably a few more political sports on the planet that, than motorsport, isn't that right? But just just break this down for our listeners, Luke. I mean, I was remember there in Adelaide, and there he was. Uh, 
you know, Brody Kostecki, championship winner, wonderful. He should have been driving around about this, you know, the, the number one on the car. May not even mm. be on the grid this year. How's it come to this? Yeah, look, I, I, it's a difficult one to, to try and pick apart. You know, you, most people from the outside would look at it and go, you know, Erebus has kind of just come in. They've really adapted to these new Gen 3 regulations. For, for the listeners that don't know, um, Supercars had their first year of a new set of rules this year. So, or sorry, for 2023. So they really adapted to that rule set very well. And it's a bit like when... Braun GP won the Formula One World Championship in 2009. They're kind of just come in, this new team that's developed themselves, they're building their own cars. They've got these two rookies that they've built up over the last few years and, and they've won a championship. You know, they had Coca-Cola on board. They had a, a really good sponsor in Shore and Partners um, and, and a couple of others there. And uh, yeah, it all seems to have crumbled in, in the off-season. From... Um, from where I'm standing and, and some of the, the information that I'm hearing around the traps, obviously it's quite sensitive and you don't want to be, as someone who's a driver himself and in the industry, I don't want to be putting out any fake news. But um, it's no secret that some of the drivers that have been at Erebus in the past have not dealt with, um, with Barry Ryan, the, um, the CEO there, very well. Um, all of my dealings with Barry have, have been completely fine. Uh, we almost drove for them in, in Super 2 last year and just missed out on a spot there um, in favour of Jack Perkins um, for 2023. And, you know, Barry was great to Liz and I when we went down to the workshop. But, um, you know, they've had Dave Reynolds leave one year into a 10-year contract. Anton Di Pasquale left for Dick Johnson Racing back in, I think it was 2020, um, you've had Will Brown depart to Red Bull last year, and now all of a sudden their champion Brody has has gone. So, I mean, you've got to start asking questions about what the working relationship is is like down there, and you know how they value their their drivers. Um, I think Betty comes across as a very genuine person on television, and I'm sure that they they do value drivers down there. But there's obviously some sort of a rift that has gone on. And um, I feel really sorry for, for Brody if, if he feels like he can't drive in that environment anymore, then, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good sign for the sport. And um, it'd be nice to see supercars step in and, and try and try and help resolve the situation because it'd be like the Penrith Panthers not showing up to round one of this season. Yeah, you're right there, Luke. Like you need your champion driving in, in the series. I think you lose a bit about it. It's certainly not going to be helped with Shane Van Gisbergen and get moving full-time to NASCAR as well. I think I, I read something last night, Luke, where um, the supercars could actually hold a licence and then give that licence to another uh, another team, uh, an extra licence to another team to, for a situation like this. Did you hear that yesterday? Because I talked about maybe even from yeah. Red Bull. And, and has that happened yep. previously? Yeah, you're, you're correct, mate. So um, in supercars, they call them a racing entitlement contract or for short, they call it a wreck. So it's basically like a franchise. And most of these, um, or well, all of the team owners on the grid own up to two to four wrecks. Um, so Red Bull Racing, Erebus, those guys have both got two wrecks each to run two cars. So um, supercars have slowly been taking back wrecks over the years. And it's kind of like, I suppose, when 
rugby league, you know, started to, to merge, merge teams or try and bring down the amount of teams competing. Supercars have this magic number of 24 cars that they want on the grid, which apparently in their minds makes it easier for them to sell the category um, to support events like the Formula One. You know, if you've got less cars on the grid, it's kind of easier to put the grid spots together. So supercars have got a few of those wrecks in reserve. Now, there's a, a gentleman who goes by the name of Peter Adderton who runs Boost Mobile. Um, he's been a big supporter of Brody Kostecki over the past few years and has put some wild cards in place for drivers like Richie Stanaway to compete at Bathurst. Um, I know, well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Peter's behind the scenes trying to get his hands on, on a 25th wreck. Um, I think he, he probably sees this as a way to, to leverage himself onto the grid. Um, he's been staunch about not wanting to actually buy himself a team. He doesn't want to go and buy it. He wants to build his own team and just and have his own wreck. So um, uh, there's probably an opportunity there for, for that situation to happen. Um, and I don't know if there's rumblings around Red Bull. I mean, obviously, Will Brown and Brody Kostecki got along really well as teammates. So... You know, whether Jamie Winkup um, and Roland Dane decide to put their, their foot forward, who knows? I mean, that would all be speculation at this point, but I'm sure there, there is plenty of rumblings behind the scene to try and get that guy on the grid because, as you say, Gaz, like with SVG, Shane Van Gisbergen heading off to NASCAR, I think Mark Winterbottom is now the last reigning champion on the grid and he won his championship back in 2014. So... You, between 2014 to now, if Kostecki doesn't get on the grid, we don't have any of our champs from, from those years. So yeah. it's, um, it's not a good look for the sport. It's not. Nerebus, it's almost back to the drawing board. Will Brown's a really bright young driver. It's interesting there, uh, Luke, you mentioned Roland Dade, right? So Barry Ryan comes out and sort of cryptically says, we know the truth regarding the Kostecki situation. Is this a case of where there's smoke there fire? And I know you said he didn't want to, you know, being in the industry, to throw shade on Erebus necessarily, but Roland Dane said there was a toxic workplace behind this rift yeah. between Erebus and, and Kostecki. And I wonder now, you know, hinging on him returning to the grid, that would depend on Erebus granting him a, a contract release, would it not? Yeah, correct, mate. I, I think um, it's, it's going to be very difficult and, and until we know sort of what those contracts look like behind the scenes. We won't really know whether it's a possibility to actually get Brody on the grid. Um, I believe he did have one year left on his contract this year. So, I mean, if Erebus turn around and say, well, if you're not driving for us, you're not driving at all. Um, and that, that would be that spiteful. May well be. That would be spiteful. It, it, it would be. I mean, in, in Erebus, on Erebus's side of the fence, um, you know, whether they've mistreated their drivers or not, they have invested in a lot of their drivers over the years. So when Will and Brody came into the team three years ago, the, the, the Erebus team had already put a lot of funding behind those guys to try and bring them onto the grid as, as, as rookies and believe in them. So, and I think you can see from Barry Ryan's interviews last year when Will Brown was leaving the team for Red Bull, you know, he wasn't best pleased with it. Um, and I, I think they probably feel like they're investing in drivers and then losing them. Um, so you could probably understand from their perspective why they would be annoyed and maybe they wouldn't want to let Brody into another team and have him then competing against them. But 
in the name of the sport and and you know for for just the fans in in general it's um it would be a real shame to see them kind of hold that stance for any longer and, and keep the guy off the grid yeah, Luke, we've got a quick grab, Sam, back in the studio. He's got a quick grab from Will Davidson on uh, on Brody Kostecki's situation. We'll just have a quick listen to that. It's obviously just a, cool. a shame um, to have the champion who was so new to the sport to actually win it in only his third year was, was pretty amazing. I know he's a good mate of Anton's. So, um, yeah, obviously some circumstances that are a little bit messy there. And motorsport is juicy. It is political. And there's often a lot of these things going on behind the scenes that you'd never hear. It's just a bit sad that it's, it's sort of come to the headline that it has. Yeah, so that's uh, Will Davison there. And uh, from a driver's perspective, they'd love to see the champion out in the track, no doubt. Uh, Luke? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think, like... Like all of us, like when whenever I'm racing, whether it be you know against a Garth Tander or Fabian Coulthard or, or any of those guys in Carrera Cup last year, you you always want to be racing against the the best guys on on the grid. And I, I think for a lot of the boys in supercars this year, if they won the title, they'd feel like it. You know, it maybe doesn't hold quite as much weight because they're not beating the guy who who had previously won the year before. You know, so. He's obviously the form guy that, that everybody's chasing. And, I mean, like, for me personally, to look at this situation, like, I've been in teams where you don't quite get the treatment that you feel like you deserve from whether it be engineers or, or the team owner or, you know, you as, as drivers, it's a, it's a bit like some of the stances that the, the NRL is, is taking at the moment with the, the Players Association. And I think... It's, it's coming to a point where us as drivers are, are almost going to have to try and band together to try and change the, the culture of the industry because, um, but believe it or not, um, teams don't necessarily value their drivers as highly as, as you might think and we kind of get pushed to the side quite, quite a bit and I think this is an extreme case of that and if it, if it is a toxic workplace, you know, it's, it's not right and, and no one should have to deal with that no matter what industry you're in. So... Um, yeah, I'd really like to see supercars step in and, and try and put some sort of an investigation in place to, to try and resolve the situation. Yeah, I think you're right. In- interesting point you made with regards to, I guess, loyalty there. You know, you talked about Barry Ryan being displeased and Will Brown said he's, he's going to move on. And Betty Clemenko, too, you, you touched upon. It's, you know, she was umming and ahhing, was she not? I think from memory about signing Kostecki, she needed a bit of convincing. Eventually she did. But, you know, p- putting all that aside, though, look, I just... I just don't see how Erebus win this from a PR perspective. I, I can't see it. Yeah, look, it's a very hard one. I, I think um, Betty does have a lot of fans. She's very strong on that front. Um, so I, I think there'll be people, you know, waiting for, for her to, to talk and, and waiting for her to, to come out on it. But um, one of the other really worrying points that we haven't touched on is the the mass exodus of sponsors out of Erebus. You know, they, like I mentioned before, Shore and Partners was a, a big sponsor and was even supporting their Super 2 program for drivers, co-drivers, you know, Coca-Cola was involved, um, SCT Truck Rentals. you like, these are three big sponsors that all within three or four days of each other this week have walked away from the team. And, and we saw the the first test for Erebus with um, with Hazelwood in the car now and, and Jack LeBrock, who signed in place of Will Brown last year. Um, yeah, it, it's that that in itself is, is not a good sign. And, and when you're talking about from a PR perspective, 
But the whole look of the team changes completely now. Um, I think they still will be competitive to to a point, but it's um, it is going to be very difficult to see how they come out on on top. And I think um, people are going to want to understand what's what's going on behind the scenes, and and eventually the, the story is going to have to come out. Twenty twenty four, Luke. What's that? What's in store for you this year? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, Gaz. I mean, um, the one of the, uh, the really good things for me this year is they've changed the regulations for the super license. So for those people out there that don't know, you have to have a super license to actually race a supercar. Um, and the regulations around trying to get a super license have been pretty restrictive um, for, for people who... I suppose, can't afford to do the supercar pathway through Super 3 and Super 2. So I've actually got 12 out of the 15 super licence points that you need to become a super supercars driver. So, um, yeah, now that they've relaxed some of those regulations and you don't have to compete in as many championships to step up that ladder, um, it looks like we'll probably end up competing in some GT championship stuff. Um, you might see me hanging out with my old mate, Chaz Molstert, um, we've got a few plans in, in place that we're working on at the moment with our sponsors from, from last season and, and some new ones. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be an exciting year, mate. I, I can't really announce any plans yet, but um, the, the goal is to achieve that super licence and be able to uh, put our hand up for some co-drives and hopefully you'll see us at the 1,000 in the, in the near future. Yeah, fingers crossed. I remember there was a discussion, might have been last year, about getting drivers... Talking about a particular driver on the American scene into McLaren and how hard it was to, to get that licence for, for Formula One. Speaking of Formula One, you know, Sebastian Vettel once said that everyone's secretly a Ferrari fan, right? If you're a motorsport, <laughs> you're a kid, you know, you think of a Magnum PI, the shiny Ferrari, it's something beautiful about it. Now, Lewis Hamilton, Luke, he's done everything, you know, in terms of stats, he's the greatest driver in Formula One history and gets a chance now to end his career at the prancing horse. I mean, this has got to be the stuff dreams are made of, surely. Mate, I almost fell off my chair when I saw it um, last week. It was yeah. my my Instagram blew up, my YouTube was like going off, like every report was there. And honestly, I thought it was I I thought it was fake news. I could not believe that it was happening. I think it's so good for for the sport. Um, I think it's really good for for Lewis and. We can probably go into like a few of the theories around where mm. where all this is coming from and the potential breakdown of of Mercedes, but um, it it is quite a dream partnership. And you know, if Ferrari can be the ones to pull off an eighth world title for, for Hamilton, oh. um, they're kind of going to steal Mercedes thunder, really, aren't they? Like it is, it, there's a lot on the on the line with this deal. Yeah, and if he does get eight, that'd put him past the great. Michael Schumacher as well. So, you know, there's all these lovely little kind of sub-narratives and, and sort of parallel stories. So even if it's another boring year, 2024, we've got this one to talk about, Luke, which is, is fantastic. Absolutely, mate. It, it's going to keep me going for the next 12 months. And I, I do think that, um, now this is just my personal opinion, I think that Charles Leclerc, who was at Ferrari, is without a doubt, you know, barring maybe Max Verstappen is one of the fastest drivers overall yep. one lap. So yep. qualifying pace, he's amazing. And I mm. think potentially Ferrari's brought Hamilton in to show Charles how to win a championship. Because Charles yeah. in the past has made mistakes. He can't quite put a whole season together. I think if you bring in the seven-time world champ, 
you show Charles how to win and how to be fast and develop the car, you know, like Hamilton's going to bring over quite a few engineers and, and people that are in his corner. Um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting season for Ferrari. And then we have the, the rule changes in 2026. So, uh, yeah. yeah, watch the F1 space. I think it'll drive, Charles. Definitely. You're right. I think over one lap is probably the fastest. So I think Ferrari's strategies let them down, hasn't it? Because they've had, had the pace certainly in the past few years. And, and just very quickly, because we've we got to get to the news headlines. But And what I love about this too is that Lewis in his career, Luke, you know, he's never shied away from competition. Think of his teammates, Jensen Button, Fernando Alonso, you know, Nico Rosberg, all champions in in their own right he, he doesn't mind this he's, he's not too arrogant to say you know what i'll i'll share the grid with another potential champion yeah absolutely and i did hear things the other day where apparently lewis's father was trying to suss out red bull as to whether they would have him as staff oh. teammate so he he has got you know all of the experience and all the confidence in the world to back himself and to be fair like that's how you've got to see it if you want to be a top mm. level driver like yep you need to go into that team knowing that you're having the confidence at least in yourself that you can beat that guy in the same equipment. And yeah, you're right. That's what Lewis has always done. And just quickly, you mentioned Fernando Alonso there. I really, really hope that Mercedes look at Alonso. I think George Russell needs an experienced yeah. teammate. Alonso to Mercedes in 2025. Yeah. I, don't, I, I can't <laughs> see Fernando. Look, he might. You know, probably mended those rifts. I'm not sure... They go back there, but, you know, who fills that spot? You know, maybe it's science, maybe it's Albon, I don't know. It's a, it's a fascinating watch. Uh, comprehensive as always. Uh, thank you so much, Lightning Luke King. I'm going to officially call him my cousin now, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> my surname's King, too. I thought it was very much, Julian, and thanks, Gaz. Really enjoyed it. Good on you, Luke. Cheers. There he is. Luke King talking all things supercars, all things motorsport, 0477-736-736. A break for the news headlines. The shower two today for Sydney, a top of 26. Shower two tomorrow, 26. And partly cloudy on Monday with a top of 29. Bossy and Brandy are back for breakfast this Monday from 6am. Make the switch to SEN 1170am. Saturday's on the coast with Jules and Gary Birkinshaw. I've just seen something here. Experts say there are five scientific, proven, scientifically proven ways to make you hotter. And I won't go through all of them, but colour red, the colour red, Gary, has long been associated with lust, desire and passion. But apparently, too, and I was reading this article uh, in relation to what teams are going to wear what colours in the Super Bowl. So Kansas City are going to wear the red, 49ers are going to wear the white. And red, apparently, like I said, lust and desire and that sort of thing, but uh, they associated it with sort of an, an avaricious nature. It's almost like you're a bit more of an attack dog. And maybe that's going to give Kansas City the edge. I don't know. It's it's look. It may mean everything, may mean nothing, but it gives us something to talk about. I notice you're not wearing red today, Gary. Too. No, no. On the grey, neutral today. Yeah, you neutral. and me both. Yeah, actually, all colour coordinated. We both got the memo, so so very good, very good. Yeah, but that that bloke on the golf course on the putting green earlier was doing all the heavy lifting for us in the he's in the get up colour, the carpet. He's got colour for all. 0477-736-736, the text line number. Okay, time for the top three this week, Gary. Let's fire it off. What do you got for us? Yeah, right here. We've got a couple here. So we're going to start off with happened last night in cricket. Yep. Over uh, overseas, we had for Sri Lanka, Patham Nasanka in the one-day international well, against yeah. Afghanistan. 210, broke the record for of Sanath Jaya Sarez, 189. So he got his 200 of 136 
against Afghanistan. Afghanistan they end up getting 382 off their 50 overs, and yes. Afghanistan got six for 339. They were five for 55 and got six Amazing. for 339. But always love a double century uh, in T20. Uh, sorry, one day international. Love it in T20 cricket, but definitely in one day one day international. So that's my that's my first choice. My second one is Jess Hull. Last week became the sixth fastest time in the short track, 3,000 metres of all time. Yeah. 8.24.93, an Oceania and Australian record. It was in Boston, and what it also does is qualified her for the World Indoors in Glasgow next month. So Excellent. Jess Hull's had a fantastic last 12 months as well. I'm looking forward to her in the build-up to the Paris Olympics. Just and sorry, just on that... Yep. Sorry to jump in there. Uh, Olympic qualies. Um, do we know? That's a question without notice, mind you, when it yeah. comes to Jess Hull. Um, so she's qualified for the indoors. Um, yep. But do we know when uh, Olympic qualies will take place for her or whether she's qualified? No, not sure. No. No, sorry can't about that. that one. Sorry, mate. sorry no, I'll, yeah. I'll do my research on that. Sorry. No, no, sorry, I shouldn't I'll, have I'll just hit all, you up with that. I, I was just all wrapped about the indoors, mate. So, so really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and my, my top one this week is another a fantastic athlete, Jakara Anthony, our now most successful Mogul. medal winner, Mogul's world champion. There's still three events to go in the World, in the world series, Cup Series to go. She's won 11 of a possible 13s, and Mogul's just absolutely amazed me, Julian. I don't know about you, but just how that... She actually now has taken the all-time medals record, medals of 19. She beat Dale Begg-Smith, was in Deer Valley, which is a famous um, snow skiing resort mm. there and also in the same event Abby Wilcox of the same meet actually equaled her best as a, as a bronze medal on the medallion from an aerial skiing and she's from the central coast so Jakara Anthony what a fantastic athlete she is and she's had, had my top three this week yeah so if you think about moguls mentioned the Dale Big Smith that you know mm. I watch them and I reckon I'd do an ACL, just look at it and go down the hill. So how, it, that cannot be good. I don't know how they walk later in life. When they hit 50 or 60, they've got to be shot those knees, surely. Oh, just the speed they go at and then the yeah. landing on the hill. And like I've, I've had two, two knee reconstructions and that. And I, I'm like you. I just look at it and go, oh. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yeah. You, get, you she, get the tingle in your knees, don't you, as soon as oh, you see you that. Yeah. I just get, mine just hurt just looking at it, but... She's a star, though, Jakara Anthony. She's uh, that's a fantastic effort. So yeah, she is. So, yeah, Just looking so. here, Jess, Jess Hull. Domestically, yeah. she won the national fifteen hundred, three thousand, and five thousand metre titles. The three thousand at the time national record of eight thirty one. There you go. She went to mm. Tokyo. Yeah, she'll be a lock, surely, for Paris. Oh, she went absolutely. She, lock. She, her last twelve months have been sensational. We, we've got some some really good athletes. Big meets at the moment going on in Adelaide, and also I think in Melbourne. I know Nicola Oslager, she's having her final meet in Australia. I think she's in Melbourne. I think it, uh, that's at Albert Park. I think they do that in, in mm. Melbourne now. Um, but, um, yeah, so we've got some really good athletes coming in. Hopefully Rowan Browning gets some, some good form as well. So we always oh, love a good flying, 100 metre. The flying, flying mullet, Rowan Browning. Love a good, love a good 100 metre sprinter. Yeah, he needs to break a 10, though, doesn't he? Because at the moment, I mean, Patrick Johnson's yep. the only one that's broken 10. I remember Shervo yep. at KL had the 10.03. We thought, here we go. Mm. And just, you know, that's a magical yeah. number still, isn't it? Rowan Browning. Well, well, as hard as it is, you're not a sprinter unless you break 10. Yeah, no one takes you seriously. That's exactly. right. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more Saturdays on the Coast. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
Yeah, Jules and Gaz, Saturday's on the coast this Saturday morning and we couldn't do it without the help of our great friends at Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet, outlet prices every day. All right, this is one of my favourite moments of the program. Time for this. Hang on, it just sounds like you're at the 19th at the Y on Golf Club and they've just dropped a few of the schooner glasses, Gary. It sounded like that, didn't it? That is our toast of the coast. So I'm going to promote a new business only opened up just before Christmas. It's called OG Bowl. So it's a salad bowls and, and coffee, fantastic bowls and, and coffee they make. They're in the William Street Mall in the centre of Gosford. So uh, OG salad bowls, fantastic little small business, uh, but gee, they do fantastic salad bowls. And if you like your coffee, probably as good as anywhere, anywhere to go. So... OG okay. Bowls, that's our toast of the coast. OG Bowls yeah, in Gosford. You knew, okay, so you went to Pink last night, so you're yep. you're pretty hip. Uh, oh, do, you very, know what OG, do you know what OG stands for, Gary? No, no idea. Uh, oh, original no. Gangster. Original Great gangster. Salad Bowls. Yeah, yeah original Gangster. So like when that. they go, mm. so so the Wiggles, for example, when they get back yep. together and you get the old group, so Murray and Jeff and, and Anthony yep. and, and Greg, they, they say they'll do the over-18s, the OG Wiggles. Was that OG? Original gangster. So the very first, ah, the original. So OG right. bowls. So these are the ones that did the original salad bowls. Yeah. And they get, yeah. yeah. You know, back in the day, you know, salad was the fanciest salad you get was probably a Greek salad. Chuck a bit of yep. red onion and some feta and some mm. olives. And now, I mean, the yeah. range of salads are phenomenal. Those, those pokey bowls, you know, we get the salmon in yeah. them and sesame seeds, just beautiful. And oh, let's be yeah, honest. Right. We could all yeah. benefit from a few more salad bowls. <laughs> I could definitely so, benefit from a few more salad bowls. <laughs> Very good. I went there. I went there the other day, Jules. So I'm turning the corner before I went to Pink. So it's a new and improved Gary in 2024. That's what we want to hear. Make sure you go there, and at the conclusion of this program, don't cross the road from the golf club to go to KFC, <laughs> straight across right? the KFC. Yeah, yeah, hey, better than that, support, Gary. You've got to support everybody. But we've got another text here, Jules. So just mm. this comes from Alex. Speaking of food, this comes from from Alex. Just sit, enjoying the show, guys. Just sitting in the car listening. Waiting for the breakfast crew. So, Alex, thank you very much for sending that one through. And all our texts, we've got a couple, a few texts this, this week. The enhanced game certainly uh, got them talking, and the, and the Super Bowl gets everybody talking. Yeah, it does indeed. Now, just give us an update what's happening on the putting green there at the Wyoming Golf Club. Well, I reckon 11 o'clock must be a pretty busy tee off time because the, the putting green's a bit of a hive of activity at the moment. I saw yeah. a gentleman here, he sunk probably a 25 footer not long ago. Um, well, that was a nice putt there, but no, it's um, <laughs> the course is still looking looking at the flag. It's still blowing a little bit windy. Are you going to tee off the first, Jules? And you're going to be teeing off straight in into the teeth of the breeze. So, oh. not, not exactly St Andrews, but but so, not um, yeah, still, so still out, certainly something. They're pulling out three woods and par threes. Is what you're telling me? Well, Pebble Beach the other day, that little what was it, hundred meter, hundred oh, yard par three, yeah. par seven, and they had the driver out. Um, yeah. Well, Zach Johnson said that once. He's talking about playing links golf. You know, the, the the key is to score when conditions are benign. And he goes, with a headwind, on the same hole, same shot, different days, it could be a four-iron, seven-iron difference. Uh, that's yeah. how big the wind can be. Quite remarkable. It's, a, it's amazing. Great, great course. And speaking of golf, did you read during the week, uh, Jules, that on the Corn Ferry Tour, the bloke shot a... 57. 57. Cristobal del, del Sola, 57. Right. And have you seen his Ele- swing? It wasn't the greatest, I've got to say. <laughs> he said he did say also that the course was set up. Was there something well, like yeah. something like th- he only leads by three shots? So he shot 11 under, leads by three. He said there were 
three other 61s and something like yeah, eight 62s stupid. or something. It's, so, it's so stupid. Just, but, right. but, but, Julie, you, you talk about that then, though. So, but you look even on the professional tours now, Yako Neiman shot 59, Wyndham Clark yeah. shot 60. Yeah. There's another 60 shot last night um, by Nick Taylor. So the scores are getting getting you know, um, less and less. I think that comes down to, obviously, the quality of play. You know, they're, they're actually now the fitness and quality and the technology. But the technology, I think, is now just um, just over, overruling a lot of the, our mm. great courses. And yeah. you spoke to... So you just listened to, to Cristobal. He's talking about his 57. He never had anything greater than a six-iron into any hole. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, well, they've got amazing. to rethink course design. You know, narrower yeah. fairways, longer rough... Mm. You know, fast degrees, I, I don't know. Anyway, the text... Yeah, Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne. It, it, it's, it's not a long course, but it, you know, it's, nah. it's difficult for anyone to play. So it never, yep. never gets taken apart. Exactly. No. Uh, we are here on Saturdays on the Coast. Thanks to Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Stop paying full price for prescriptions and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. We're almost done and dusted. Saturdays on the Coast is Saturday morning with Jules and Gaz. And thanks to our great friends, Chemist Outlet for discount medication. Choose Chemist Outlet, outlet prices every day. Gary, before we uh, bid farewell, I just want to give a shout-out to a former colleague of mine, David Morrow, uh, a.k.a. Thirsty, one of the great sports broadcasters in this country. You may have, may have read yesterday, it was revealed that he's... Uh, Got the fight of his life battling brain cancer. Uh, Thirsty, he's in his 60s at the moment. He was a bit unwell over the Christmas period, uh, swimming in the pool and passed out and went to the hospital. And worst fears realised. So he's uh, he's got the fight of his life, Thirsty. But let you know, mate, that we're all thinking of you and we're we're pulling for you, my friend. Yeah, one of the great broadcasters, Jules, and uh, I certainly pass on my best wishes as well. What's on the agenda, Gaz, for the rest of the Saturday? Big Central Coast cricket uh, weekend, this one. Jules, today we've got the day two of the penultimate round uh, going there where clubs are still vying for a finals berth. But tomorrow we've got the first of our finals. We've got our one-day final where Wyong's going to be be taking on the entrance. And then in the Masters finals, we've got the entrance taking on Narara, Wyoming. So a big weekend of cricket. How about yourself? Uh, working both days. Broadcasting to 11.70am in Sydney and SENQ 6.93 in Brisbane, 1620, the Gold Coast. So, you know, but it's that, that lull between the cricket season and the footy season. You know, they've got to get some lucky to do it. Uh, I'm happy to put up right. my hands. Plenty to talk about, including uh, the enhanced games. Just quickly, on, you know, you mentioned they're wying on the entrance. Is there a real rivalry amongst some of these towns here on the Central Coast? Like, there historic is, there, rivalries? There, yeah, there is. There is good big rivalries. At the moment, the entrance are probably the, the strong team. They won last year's Premiership undefeated, so everyone's chasing them at the moment. Uh, while they're doing well in the one-day competition, not so good in the two-day competition. So the rivalry is there. One, a lot of neighbouring sizes, a lot of history goes back into um, in the Central Coast cricket. and um, yeah, So they, they come out in the field sometimes... Uh, a little bit too much, a little bit exuberance, but um, <laughs> yes. But but yeah, no, there is definitely rival in, rivalry in Central Coast cricket for sure. Oh, I just wanted that. I don't know who I got to pin my allegiance to because you know I generally we got a place in Tawoon Bay, which is pretty close to the entrance. But oh, I don't know if I can back the entrance, Gas. Can you give me someone that's that's worthy of backing? Yep, I coach Lizrael Rimba, mate. So that's who you should get on the Magpies. You should jump all Arimba. over them, I reckon. Yeah, they're we're a young side coming through at the moment. We're probably going to probably just miss the finals, but um, yeah. we had currently got six players under twenty-one years of age, so they, they're coming along pretty well. And um, the side to watch for the future, a bit like the oh, Bears. That's... 
Yeah, a bit like the Bears, aside from the past. Are oh, you going to send me a shirt at least, Gary? Could you do that? I will, for me? I will get you a shirt, Jules. No worries oh, at all. Oh, excellent. Uh, thank you so much, Gary. Always great to see you. Great to work with you, my friend. Yeah, same to you, Jules. It's a pleasure, and thanks for filling in for Buttes, and no doubt we'll catch up with you during the year anyway. We will do. Thank you, I guess, to Peter Toss, to Luke King, and to you, of course, Gary, and to Sammy. Sammy Fantasia on the tools today. I'm Julian King. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Saturdays on the Coast, and thanks, of course, to our great friends, Chemist Outlet. Stop paying full price for prescription and medication. Visit Chemist Outlet. Outlet prices every day. Have a wonderful weekend. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.